this evening I'm going to go slowly because there's a shift taking place each one of us are shifting to our greater self so we're working out of Romans 8 this evening we're talking about the law of correspondence because you play a part in this and you must understand the part that you play in this by understanding your part that you play you could better dictate or control what you want to have experience in your life all right so this evening we're looking for six readers we're looking for six readers amen the first reader will be from romans 1 19 to 20. the second is romans 8 verses 1 and 2 then romans 8 verses 10 to 12. the fourth reader is romans 8 verses 13 to 15. Number five is Romans 8, 16 to 18. And then number six, Romans 8, 29 to 31. When you operate in God, you don't have no fear. And this is what the correspondence, the law of correspondence. What are you telling your mind? What do you want to, what, because whatever you tell your mind, that's what's going to come back to you. If you tell your mind you're fearful, guess what's going to come back to you? Fear. So whatever you tell, that's what's coming back. Because remember, there's a law, and the law don't discriminate. The law knows, there's no your sexes. The law don't care. Whatever you give the law, the law gives back to you. Yes, there's an indwelling Christ. There's a perfect being. But there's also a law by which we are. And there's only one. Tonight I'm talking about the law of correspondence. It's the same law. It's the same law. Ebb and flow and, and all of that is the same one law, one principle. It has a million and one applications, but it's one law. So let's see if we could go through that tonight and understand how we contribute to this law, what Romans is trying to tell us, what Jesus is trying to tell us because tonight we're sticking with the New Testament and it's all about Jesus' teachings, who we are, and what is he trying to tell us. All right. And the first reading is taken from Romans chapter 1, verse 19 into 20. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Romans 8 verses 1 to 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ, in Christ Jesus, has made us free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 verse 10 to 12. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, 
he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Romans 8, 13 to 15. For if we live after the flesh, he shall die. But if he through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, he shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For he have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Before we go on to the next scripture, I want to say this. Many times when you read the scripture, and you see he and so on, because it's a, he is a pronoun, you, you put it to a human, yes? Because we are all humans. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. If you live after material things, you will die. It doesn't mean that you will die. It means your dreams will die. Your hopes will die. Your ambitions will die. But if you through the Spirit do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And don't let me get carried away. I just don't want you to... I want you to, to, to move beyond the surface understanding. When you were children, that worked for you. But now you got to go. you got to take the word to a deeper understanding. Not the surface. The surface was good, fine. But the Lord showed me that all of you are transitioning. You're moving into another realm. You're moving into another realm. All right. Romans eight sixteen to 18. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Take this to another level. If you want to get in shape, okay, you know you're going to get in shape. Father God tell you, yes, you could do it. But you have to go through some training. You have to do some exercising. You have, don't take everything so so literally but apply it to your life apply it to your life all right anyway after tonight i think you guys are going to do great greater than you're already doing romans 8 29 to 31 for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, 
them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah! 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 I couldn't have said it better. Alright, so tonight we're talking about the law of correspondence. Now, this teaching incorporates the great law of correspondence. Tonight's teaching. The spiritual world contains an image of the physical. I'm going to go slowly. I want you to understand me. The spiritual world contains an image of the physical world. And you could believe what I say or you could say the Lord's Prayer. Either one. The spiritual world contains an image of the physical. The physical is a counterpart of the spiritual. You've got to go deeper. Many of you want great things. Great things must call for a greater understanding. Alright? So let me say that. Open up your mind. Quiet yourself. Forget what you know and just hear me. The spiritual world contains an image of the physical. The physical, the matter, the table, the chair, those are physical. The physical is a counterpart of the spiritual. A true estimate of the outward symbol points to the spiritual reality behind it. Everything that is created must start in the spirit. We understand the unseen by correctly viewing the seen. Okay, we understand the unseen by correctly viewing the seen. The outward effect must partake of its inward nature. Hear me? The outward effect, everything outside of us is an effect. Even we are an effect. Our body is an effect, not our spirit, but our body, our flesh is, a, is an effect. So the outward effect must partake of its inward nature. The physical universe is the result of an inner intelligence working through law behind form is an idea. So the physical universe is the result of an inner intelligence working through the law remember I told you there's only one law so there's an intelligence that works through the law Be, and, and behind form is an idea behind every form is an idea you can't have form without an idea so behind every form is an idea behind form is an idea now, the formless creates form. The formless, which is spirit, which is that intelligence, which is that Christ in us, the formless creates form through the creative power of its own mind and spirit. All right, hear me now. Behind every effect, 
there is a cause. I said, behind every form, there is an idea. Behind every effect, there is a cause, meaning there is a reason. There is something that precipitated this thing. Something has to happen for this to happen. So behind every, every effect, there is a cause. Behind us, there is a cause. Something has to happen for us to be born. Something has to happen for this creable to, to be made. Something has to happen before. So behind every effect, there is a cause. And if this cause is a spiritual idea, which it must be, then it follows that should the spiritual idea be discerned, the spiritual effect will be like it. Hear me? Follow me? Follow me slowly. Behind every effect, there is a cause. And if this cause is a spiritual idea, which it must be, then it follows that should the spiritual idea be discerned, the physical effect would be like it. The entire possibility of demonstrating the law of good depends on this preposition. The good idea is father to the fact. The good idea is father to the fact. Ideas are real, having the power within themselves to be made manifest. Your ideas are real, and they have the power within themselves to, to come to fruition, to be made manifest. The whole teaching... The whole teaching of the Bible is to the effect that God is universal spirit and universal creation. He creates by the power of his word. This word is the law of his being. Man reproduce the divine nature on the scale of the individual. So we produce based on our beliefs, based on our understanding. So we produce on the divine nature on the scale of the individual. He also uses creative power which works through the law of his word. Hear me? So man produces the divine nature the divine nature of God is always good on the scale of the individual. So it's based on all of your understanding, your beliefs, your faith, and all of that. He also uses creative power which works through the law of his word. You, who is man, every one of you is mankind. So you also use creative power which works through the law of your word. Your word. What you say? Hear me? From this, you cannot escape. You need only to use this power constructively and all will be well. You need to use this power constructively. You need to use the power of your word constructively. 
Not only the word that is written in the word of God. Not only the biblical word, but your word. You need to use the power of your word constructively. And if you could do that, all would be well. If he used the creative power of his thought destructively, if you use the creative power of your thought destructively, then it will destroy. Are you getting me, somebody here? You getting me? Now, we learn that persistent, constructive thought is the greatest power known and the most effective. If the visible effect in our lives is not what it should be, if we are unhappy, sick, and poverty-stricken, we know the remedy. We know the remedy. The truth is always the remedy. And the truth is that the law of liberty is the only real law. When we receive, when we reverse the process of thought, the effects will be reversed. When we reverse the process of thought, the effect will be reversed. All right, let's look at getting into Romans now. There is therefore no condemnation to them who walk after the Spirit. That's what we read tonight. As it is impossible for us to be in another man, and it is necessary that each live his own life. Within the one life, it follows that the writer of the Bible, not referring to personality, but to a universal principle. He is referring to personality. He was referring to a universal principle. We are in Christ when we are in the truth. We are in the truth when we live in harmony with it. We are in Christ when we are in the truth. We are in the truth when we live in harmony with it. Truth, there's no mystery about this. It is common sense. The law of the Spirit makes us free from sin and death. The law of the Spirit is freedom and knows no bondage. When we enter the Spirit, we come under its law of freedom. You hear me? To the spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Who does not long for life and peace? These are contained in the spirit. The scripture tells us it's God who give us peace. God, peace is a gift from God. 
are contained in the spirit which is the center and circumference of all the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God because it is a limited concept of truth the carnal mind symbolizes anything that disbelieves in the supremacy of good it is a belief in isolation a sense of separation from good now the spirit that raised Jesus dwells in all the spirit that raised Jesus dwells in all of us this spirit quickens our mortal bodies when we let it the spirit that dwells in Jesus dwells in all the spirit quickens our mortal bodies when we let it here is a lesson in mental and spiritual healing as the truth draws upon the subjective state of our thought it stimulates it into newness of action everything works from within out everything everything works from within out the body is a reflection of the soul and when the soul which is the subjective state of thought is illuminated by the spirit it quickens the mortal part of us and heals the body the mortal is always an effect a creature of time but a necessary one for without it we could not function as objective individuals we have not received a spirit of bondage but one of adoption this is a mystical and beautiful thing it implies that we are adopted by the supreme spirit as its own offspring how could it be otherwise since we are made of the same stuff as the central fire there is no fear in the spirit and there will be none in us when we realize who we are and what we are God wishes us well and knows only that we are now free and perfect. That is the spirit of freedom whereby we are all born free. Now, the inner spirit which is God bears witness to the divine fact that we are the sons of God, the children of the most high. As sons of God, we are heirs to the heaven of reality, joint heirs with Christ. This means that we are all one in Christ as we are one in God. Christ typifies the universal son of which each each is an individual member. Each of us is an individual member. 
our expectation looks for a more complete manifestation of our own inner divinity. Evolution will bring this about as it does all things. We are unfolding principle of life. We are an unfolding principle of life. Truth, perfect law, and action. We wait for a more complete unfoldment of our inner life. It is already within us. The perfect way and the eternal truth, it is already within. We wait for the unfoldment of ourselves through the law inherent within our own nature. The creature shall be delivered from bondage. This is what Romans 8 and 21 is telling us. The creature shall be delivered from bondage. As the inner light draws, it delivers the outer life from bondage. As the inner light dawns, it delivers the outer light from bondage. This is in line with the teaching that everything is from within out. When the soul knows freedom, the law will free the body. And when the outer life will and the outer life will express health, happiness and success. But it starts from within. All things work for our good. Even that which we call evil is solitary, leading us to the way, the truth, and the life. Suffering should teach us a lesson which would cause us to refrain from making more mistakes. Even the mistakes is bringing us back to truth. It carries a blessing with it when we learn how to garner knowledge from experience. When we learn how to pull that knowledge from experience, it, it, it propels us to, to our, highest, our higher self. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. God foreknows his own perfection. And the perfection of his creation. So it is foreknown and predetermined by the divine mind that all shall be the sons of God. Man cannot forever keep himself from his birthright. All will eventually be saved from themselves and there can be no such thing as eternal damnation. To believe in such an absurd doctrine is worse than ignorance. God knows only perfection. When we know as God knows, our troubles will be rolled up like a scroll and number with past illusion. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is all there is, 
and the universe is one, then there's no power, presence, or law against the truth. One with the truth is a totality. If our whole endeavor is to be and to do that which is constructive, then we are with God. And we may be sure that he is ever with us. If our whole endeavor is to be and to do that which is constructive, then we are with God. And we may be sure he is ever with us. God knows no outside. He is ever inside. The outer realm of reality is exactly at the center of itself. Nothing can keep us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing can keep us from the love of God. What a comfort. What a joy. To know that all is well with our soul. What untold sufferings we, we have had because of our doubts and fears. And we are told not to be afraid. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Man alone has tried to rob us of our birthright the glorious liberty of the sons of the Most High. Let us honor God more and man less. Please, let us honor God more and man less. Let us seek within for the cause. It can be found in no other place. There is nothing that can keep us from this inner vision of the eternal reality. I'm going to pause here.